I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Steel Curtain Network editor Dave Schofield coming at you Thursday morning, final day of August. That's right. Only one more day till we are in the month where the Steelers will be playing their first regular season games. Yes, plural, because it is upon us. We only have one weekend left without football. I know it's not the Steelers, but a week from today... There's a regular season NFL game. It's it's here. I'm ready for it. All summer, I say, you know, I just want I want the Steelers. I want football going on. I just love that time of year. But sometimes it just doesn't. You don't want to. You know, you don't want to wish away your summer. You know, I, to me, I'm still excited. I'm trying. I'm waiting for Christmas to get here. But uh, you know, but. If kids are already back in school, there might as well be football being played. So, oh, it's so exciting because. You really turn the page from the preseason to the regular season with the 53-man roster. That happened earlier this week. That happened on Tuesday. I did the Breaking News podcast with Jeff Hartman, talked about it, talked about it on Scobro Show. I'm not going to talk about all the stuff with the roster. You've, you've heard my voice say those kind of things, so I'm going to spare you, and I'll instead talk about numbers. But also, I, I did the Breaking News podcast when the Steelers added nine practice squad players, nine, nine times they had a name on there. That uh, That's how many players they officially added. There's also been reports of others that are coming, two offensive linemen that are out there, one of which I actually uh, I said on that podcast, I actually got confirmation from it. I found out about it before any media had it, and I, but I was asked not to report on it because it actually came from a family member of the player, Um that, that, that Joey Fisher was signing with the Steelers practice squad. He actually hasn't signed yet because I said it on that podcast. He was on the plane to Pittsburgh whenever they announced the their first wave of of um, practice squad players. So he's going to be kind of in that second wave. He's got to get there, you know, put pen to paper. You know, he's he was a little bit, I want to make sure everything's good and it all works out and and they're there. I mean, he's on the plane. So um, things, things are going well there. So they're going to be adding more players. You'll probably see more outside players than what, that, what was initially there because other guys, you know, they were in town. I'm kind of surprised there there isn't – there's still some – Within the Steelers, meaning players that were in training camp and with them in the preseason, that I think could could add. I'm, I was really surprised about Trey Norwood not being added yet. He's he's not the only one, um, but we'll see how that all plays out. Probably later today, depending on when you're you're listening to it. And 
Don't expect the Steelers to necessarily sign all seven players the very next day. Last year, it took them until Monday to get that done. But it's an exciting time of year because of all that stuff. And it's an exciting time of year because of everything we have going on at Fans First Sports Network and Steel Curtain Network. Yes, for the, I get people that ask me about it all the time. Yes, the Survivor League is back. The article with the link in the article is at steelcurtainnetwork.com that you could go and do that. I would go ahead and give you the number and the password right now, but there's a decent chance that I'm already going to have to go to another league because it's we're capped at 100 per league, so then we just open up another one, and we just keep adding. This is for a signed Donnie Shell football. It's got the Hall of Fame logo on and everything. I'm actually looking at it right now. I have it sitting right here next to my desk um, for, for, for that prize. If you don't know what Survivor Football is because you weren't around with us to do the contest last year, you sign up. You got to use a Yahoo ID to sign up. That's all you need. Um, everyone's eligible, even SCN staff. You can you can go in and battle against us, see how you do. You pick one game, one game. Pick the winner for week one. If, you, if you're right, you move on. Then in week two, you pick another one. The only thing is you can't pick one you've already picked. Lots of fun. Go check that out. Um, it's thoroughly explained in the article at steelcurtainnetwork.com. But the other thing, it's the bigger contest. I don't know what you're waiting for if you're not already in this. Unless this is the first podcast here at Steel Curtain Network you've heard in a while, which if that's the case, thank you. I, I guess I guess maybe some people do like to hear geeky things. But uh, the, the, the actual place to go is contest.com. Fansfirstsports.com. That's the website, contest.fansfirstsports.com. Don't you love NFL football? Wouldn't you love four, you know, I'm going to call premium tickets to a week one game? That's what the contest is for. That's what we're giving away through FFSN, that you could pick any game from week one. Hopefully you're picking the Steelers. And bottom line is it's up to $5,000. We're going to get the best tickets we can get with uh, for, for that amount. You know, it's different for every game. Some games, that, that could be fantastic seats sometimes. Not, not as much. This is a highly sought-after game. I will tell you that much. Um, but that's what you can win by going to do that contest. So make sure you hit that up. That's all you have to do uh, to enter that one. September 4th is the deadline. Make sure you're there. Let's dive into numbers now. I've, I've, I've set you all up with enough stuff. And what we're going to talk about, we're going to, I'm going to talk about several different things, but the first thing I'm going to talk to you about here this morning is some numbers. I, I did some crunching. Steelers, I mean, my goodness, the preseason, 3-0. and I'll talk about that a little bit in the second half, but my goodness, it's not just that the Steelers in the preseason won their games. It's how they won their games. It's how they played. They, the, the offense, especially the first offense, was dominant. The defense, especially a lot of the first defense, was dominant. I mean, my goodness, they gave up one touchdown in the first half of three different games. One touchdown total through three games in the first half, which is where you're – you know, more of your starter type players, players that are still in the roster, we're playing. It's just a good cutoff point to 67, to 67, 67 points scored in the first half, seven points surrendered. That's crazy. The Steelers averaged 26 points per game in the preseason. The question is, is that sustainable? Because you're like, well, I mean, my goodness, it's the preseason. But at the same time, 
the first offense wasn't out there very long. They never made it past the first quarter. They never made it past the first quarter in any of those games. So you could argue that, man, if the Steelers really wanted to play their starters more, they probably would have scored more points than what they ultimately ended up scoring. You that To me, that's a non-issue. But still, it gave Steelers fans a glimpse of what the Steelers offense could be. You know, using the middle of the field, playing with confidence, you know, just, just Kenny Pickett just doing Kenny Pickett things. George Pickens doing George Pickens things, things like that. Pickett to Pickens, going on. Deontay Johnson gets open, you know, running the ball, the offensive line, just getting move, moving people, just all those different things with the offense. The question is, how much can the Steelers improve? Is the sky the limit to what this offense can improve? So what I decided to do was I'm going to look at the Pittsburgh Steelers historically. And I'm going to look at how many points they averaged per game. And what seasons did the Steelers make the biggest jump in their points scored from one year to the next? And the thing is, to give a better idea of, is this something that the Steelers can do? Is, is taking that big of a leap something they can do? Because something I talked about in the past on this show is that, you know, the, the Steelers, they were, they were 18.1 points per game last year. That's what they were. So the question was, can, you know, h- how big can they go? Because I said if they made it to 24 points, That puts them in the top 10 if you look at points last year. That would put them in the top 10 in points per game from last year. But that's the kind of jump. We saw it from the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we'll talk about that after we talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. But what I did is I looked at the Pittsburgh Steelers and the points they scored per game. I calculated this. Yes, this is right. I calculated this going all the way back to – I'm fairly certain I went back. Yeah, here we go. 1940, all the way back to 1940. Now, those numbers aren't going to be much. We're, we're really going to cut it off more than likely at the, at the merger. But that's how far I went back to look at how many points the Steelers scored per The question there is, how big of a jump have the Steelers ever made when it came to points per game? Can, can they really make that jump? And it, that's, that's a very valid question. So how big of a jump has the Steelers ever made? How, how much have they ever done from one season the, to the next in points per game? Well, here's the data. The data is if you go back all the way to, 19, to, to 1940, the biggest jump they ever made from one season to the next was 9.8 points. And that was from 1951 to 1952, where they averaged 15.3 points up to 25.0 points. Yeah, but that's in the 50s. The next biggest jump was 8.3. That was also in the 50s. That was from 57 to 58, 13.4 to 21.8. Okay, well, that that sounds nice. Then they had another one in the 60s that went up 8.1 from 14.4 in 65 to 22.6 in 66. That's kind of old school. That – but that's kind of where you could get those big fluctuations. If you want to know when the most recent time is where the Pittsburgh Steelers made the biggest improvement from one year to the next in points per game, you might be able to guess it. 
And it was from 2019 to 2020. Because in 2019, there was no Ben Roethlisberger after the first game and a half. It was Mason Rudolph. It was Duck Hodges. The Steelers had a measly, embarrassing 18.1 points per game. Yeah, I think you caught that. 18.1 points per game. That's the same average they had this last year. So they went from 18.1 points per game in 2019 to 26.0 points per game in 2020. That's what they did. And they went from 8-8 eight and eight to 12-4. and four. Now, we know a lot of that was that huge start of 2020. It was just kind of awkward with no fans in the stands and things like that. But that was a 7.9-point a improvement. I'm not expecting that jump from the Pittsburgh Steelers. But it's not that it's impossible. If you want to look at their next biggest jump – since the merger, you still have to go back a long way, but you have to go back to this season where the Steelers first won a playoff game. That's right, all the way back to 1972. That's the immaculate reception season. The Steelers went from 17.6 points in 1971 and jumped all the way up to 24.5 points in 1972. That was their second biggest jump post-merger. That's a pretty that that's a pretty big one. Now, if you want to look, if you, if you're still going, okay. What what was their next jump there, Dave? All right, I got it all here. I got the data. That would be the 1995 season where the Pittsburgh Steelers advanced to the Super Bowl, and they went from 19.8 points the year before to 25.4 points the next season. So. That that's pretty impressive, and you're like, oh wow! So so you're looking at at significant jumps there. Well, we're looking specifically at years where they jumped. I mean, my goodness, if you look in the '90s, who? I mean, here we'll we'll start it with like, look, listen to this stretch of points per game. We'll start this with 1989. The Steelers dipped from 21.0 points in 1988 that they went up to they they, they dipped all the way down to 16.6 points. Um, in 1989, 16.6 points per game. But then they were, this This was the next several years, 18.3, 18.3, 18.7, 19.3, 19.8. Listen to that stretch. That is six seasons under 20 points per game from 1989 through 1994. Then they made the jump in 95. Now they stepped back a little bit in 96 uh, with the, with the 21.5. So the question is, when the Steelers make that jump, do they then step back the next year? Well, with their biggest jump in 2020 up to seven up 7.9 points, they jump back 5.8 points the next year in 2021 in Ben Roethlisberger's last season. So that, that was not... A, a, a good positive step. When the Steelers jumped forward 6.9 points in 1972, they upped it a little bit more, 0.3 points in 73. Now, 74, the year the Steelers won the Super Bowl, they actually stepped back three points in that year. They averaged 21.8 points that year. But then they jumped up, which what ended up being the fourth highest jump since the merger. In 75, they jumped up 4.9 points. Uh, that that next season. So if you want to talk about it, the biggest jump the Steelers ever had, I, I said it way back in the day, was 9.8 points. So not, I don't see the Steelers getting up to the 28.1 points there. But I also just, 
you know, wanted to kind of say, hey, what's what's the highest points they have in there? That obviously it's going to be since the merger, the most points scored that the Steelers have had. Well, I, I'm pretty certain that that comes in 2014. In 2014, the the Steelers were 27.3 points per game. That was that was around the time where they wanted to average 30. Well, they they were almost a field goal shy of that. That's that's the only time I I can see here right now that the Steelers were over 27 points in a season. So I mean they were they were 26.4 in 2015. They were 26.0 in 2020. Like I said, so could the Steelers? really jump up and and say that? I know some people, like, they got to score 27 points a game. They got to score 27 points a game. If they're going to be competitive in today's NFL, the Steelers have only ever averaged 27 points a game once in their history. I'm not saying that they can't. I'm just saying a good, realistic place to be would actually be jumping up to that 23 to 24-point range. Why do I say that? Let's look at last, last year's data where teams jumped from the year before. I looked at every NFL team and said, hey, from 2021 to 2022, who made the biggest jumps in their points per game? Well, I'd already mentioned before, that was the Jacksonville Jaguars. They jumped up to 23.8 points per game last year. That had them ranked 10th in the NFL. But they were 32nd in the NFL the year before with 14.9. They they upped it 8.9 points in one year. Do I really think that's that's what the Steelers are going to do that amount of value? I don't, but I I don't I don't think it's gonna be that much, but I think it I think it could really be a nice jump for the Steelers. But that's not unheard of because the Detroit Lions last year jumped seven and a half points. They went from 19.1 to 26.6. They were second. Uh, the team that was third with the biggest jump last year was actually the New York Giants. They went from 15.2 to 21.5. So it's not impossible in today's NFL to see an offense take a jump that much. But at the same time, there's also teams that, that are that are stepping back. A lot of times when you get that big jump, sometimes you can get the big the big fall off. I mean, the, the team that fell off the worst last year was – was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They fell off 11.6 points per game. They went from 30.1 points in 2021 to 18.4 points per game in 2022. That's that's huge. I mean, my my goodness, the, the Colts dropped nine and a half points from 26.5 to 17.0. Um, who was another one? Oh, the, the Rams dropped nine points. Not surprised. You know, they won the Super Bowl, averaging 27.1 points a game. They dropped to 18.1. So there's also, you can go the other way around. But generally, you don't see a big big dip when you're at 18.1 points. And that's not what the Steelers have showed us through the preseason. So it's not about, oh, are they going to step I, I have no worries that the Steelers are going to step back in their off in their points per game for 2023 outside of big franchise changing issues like major injuries other things like that so the question isn't will their and where their will their points per game improve the question is how much will it improve how much will it improve because the Steelers last year you know they 
they actually they, they had dipped the two point one. I think I'd mentioned that last before because um, they went from twenty first in scoring to twenty sixth. I'm ready to see them take that big jump this year. You've seen it that it's happened in the franchise before. You've seen it in today's NFL that you can make that huge leap. Do I think the Steelers have to be that quote unquote record breaking team? I don't know that they do. I mean, think look at that though. The three teams that had the biggest jumps last year. How did their seasons ultimately end up? I mean, Jacksonville went to the playoffs and 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 won a game. And I'm, I'm trying to remember the Giants. They're the NFC. I can't even remember. I, I thought they made the playoffs last year, but I don't think they won. And Detroit just missed out at, at nine and eight. Yeah, because the Giants squeaked in at nine, seven, and one. So so it's not like they went on a tear to the Super Bowl or anything like that. But that's a big thing with the offense. So I just kind of wanted to look at those numbers, both historically with the Steelers and around the NFL, to say, can can a, is a jump like this possible? And then the question is, is it probable? I, to me, I could see the Steelers jumping five points, five points per game from 18.1 to 23.1. That would be a nice, successful jump. Do I think they could go higher? Yes, I do. I think they could. 23.1 points last year, I'm pretty sure would have put them 13th. Yeah, because 12th was 23.2 and 13th was 23.0. So that would put them in the in the upper part of offenses in the NFL. I mean, in, in the top half is what I meant by that. So we'll just have to see what they do this season. So it's not statistically out of the realm of possibility for them to make that jump. Hey, we're going to take a break. I wanted to get to it earlier, but my goodness, I just looked at the time. Got a couple other quick things we're going to hit in the second half. So stick around. We'll be right back after these messages. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Steelers fans, let's get to this. I've got a couple of questions that were asked, and the thing is, I'm not as, I'm not exactly sure who even asked them. I'm not exactly sure who even asked them. Um, I'm going to try to tackle these fairly quick. Uh, the first one was 
was asking about the Steelers' preseason record. You know, though they, you know, three and zero. How have they done historically when when they've had really good preseasons? Well, guess what? The Steelers were three and zero last year too. They went nine and eight, just missed playoffs. Okay, if you want to look back at the last time the Steelers won all their preseason games. I really had to do some digging uh, to, to get some, some of this stuff. Like, I I managed to – this took me a long time. I managed to go all the way back to 1978. That is when the NFL went to a more of a regulated preseason. It was four games. That's when they went to a 16-game game schedule. Before that, it was like from 1970 to 1977, it was six games. My goodness, the Steelers actually played seven preseason games in 1975 because that was back when the Super Bowl champion played the college All-Stars. So, but I was looking over this. If you want to go back to the last time the Steelers were undefeated in the preseason, well, you don't, don't have to go far. It was in 2022, but they did it back to back years. To go back before that, you got to go back to 1997 when the Steelers were 5 and 0. You know, that's what happens when you got those Hall of Fame games. Um, going back beyond that, you would have to go back to 1982. So, if you're looking at, hey, two years in a row, what were the two previous years? 1997 and 1982. Now, 1982 is interesting when it comes to the to the Pittsburgh Steelers because, well, just the NFL in general, because 1982, that was a strike year. The Steelers started 4-0 in the preseason, 2-0 during the regular season, and then it was a strike. They finished four and three. They actually had to win their last two games to finish four and three. After that, they actually were two and three for their first five games coming out of the strike, and then fin- and then had two at the end there. So that was you know a bit of a disappointing season, and there was so much promise with that team until that strike happened. You know, and they ended up losing the wild card round. So, and, and if you look at 1997, another time they went five and zero, they went eleven and five, but they lost in the conference championship. So. That's what they've done when they've gone undefeated. But if you want to go and say, oh, when's the last time the Steelers went undefeated in back-to-back seasons? I couldn't find one. Going back to 1978, hadn't gone undefeated in the preseason in back-to-back years at all. At all. Now, I did want to look at some of these things, you know, like the Super Bowl years. What did the Steelers do in, in Super Bowl years? Well, the recent ones, 2005, 2008, 2010, they were 3-1. and one. So you're talking about three wins. That's how many the Steelers had this year. They just had one less game. Then you go back to 95. They were only one and three in 95. Then you go back to the 70s. I'm going in in reverse order. 79, they were three and one. 78, they were two and two. I had to really dig to find the other ones before 1978. In 75, they were three and four. They did win that college, that game against the college All-Stars, but they were three and four. But in 1974, the first year the Steelers ever won the Super Bowl, they were 6 and 0 in the preseason. So that was one where they were undefeated. So it's not that the preseason, you know, success in the preseason didn't didn't help the team out with getting going, especially there um when they were trying to get to to their first Super Bowl, which they did. I don't think it's an end-all be-all metric. To me, it's more about how the team's playing. And this year's 3 and 0 was way better than last year's 3 and 0. The Steelers were just playing better as a team. So, all right. So I also had another question that was asked and this actually came, and I wish I knew exactly who asked it, but this came thanks to uh, Jeff's mailbag on let's ride. 
where someone asked a question. He's like, Dave, I know you're listening. Do this. Uh, Jeff, I was listening. So I looked at it. And the question was, I didn't listen well enough to know who asked it. Uh, sorry, I should have gone back and done that, but I didn't. But the question was about the Steelers and their success with seventh round draft picks because the Steelers had two this year. One of them made the 53-man roster in Spencer Anderson. The other one in Corey Trice, unfortunately, is on IR, but he's still with the team. Jeff did the article about, hey, every draft pick is still with the team. One's on IR. All the rest of them made the 53-man roster. Not just practice squad. 53-man roster or injured reserve, which is unfortunate. But that, that that's just how it is. So this year, I would say, you know, the Steelers were, 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 one, were one for two in their seven-round draft picks. And to me, the Corey Trice situation is just uh, – it's its not – it shouldn't be a ding. It's just one of those things that happen. So I, I'm going to – I don't want to be overambitious. So I'm going to say, hey, one out of two. May, you know, I'm not going to look at make the roster. I'm going to look at played in games their rookie season for the Pittsburgh Steelers as a seventh-round draft pick. That's what I'm going to look at. Did they appear in games? Could have been that they didn't make the roster right away, came back. I didn't dive in to see that. I'm just looking that they played in games during their rookie season with the Pittsburgh Steelers because, you know, some of them play with other teams. So 2023, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and call that one and one or I could just leave it off because we haven't actually seen how it is. We know Corey Trice isn't going to appear in a game, and we just assume Spencer Anderson that, you know, maybe he'll get in on special teams at some point. It'd be really nice if he doesn't have to appear in a game. So I'm not going to count this year, but I would say it's one and one. Last year was one and one because you got Mark Robinson, yes. Chris Oladokun, no. 2021. You got your two for two. You've got Trey Norwood, who appeared for you know for two seasons, and you got Presley Harvin, the punter, who who he's still with the Steelers. Um, I'm still Trey Norwood not being back on the practice squad. I thought maybe he'd be make there, but I, I don't think his NFL time is done. Going to 2020, Carlos Davis. Yep, he did. He appeared in games for Steelers. He actually appeared in seven games as a rookie. And then you go to the year before that, which is 2019. The Steelers had one seventh-round draft pick, Derwin Gray. He did not appear in any games um, for the Steelers as a rookie. Um, I don't know. I know he ended up coming back at one point. I don't know if he ever appeared in any – actually, I know he appeared in five NFL games. You know what? It's time to check out and say – this might have been with either Jacksonville or Tennessee. That's two other teams that he had been with. but no, his his five games he appeared in were with the Steelers. But he also spent time with uh, with Jacksonville, Tennessee. But those games were not in his rookie season, so he does not count for what we're doing here. Uh, Joshua Frazier, he was a no. Um, he didn't appear in any games for anybody ever. In twenty, that was in 2018. 2017. I'm gonna go back to 2000. Try to zip through this real quick. In 2017, you're looking at Keon Adams. No, he did not. Then you go to 20 – these come in bunches, in case you're wondering. Long stretches of it not working out, then a bunch of stretches of where they do work out. In 2016, you had two seventh-round picks into Marcus Ayers and Tyler Medikavich. Ayers appeared in two games, and Medikavich, as you know, he was around with the Steelers and still around with the Buffalo Bills. So um, both of those guys were seventh-round draft picks that played for the Steelers, so I'm counting them. 2015, Jared Holloman. Nope did not appear in any games for the Steelers or anybody ever. Um, 2014, Rob Blanchflower, tight end, same deal. 
No, no gain for anybody. So far, we're we're a pretty even split. Okay. 2013 is a very interesting case because in 2013, the Steelers drafted a seventh-round pick, Nick Williams. He did not play for the Steelers, but he is still in the NFL. He has 83 games played, um, most of them, um, if not all of them, for the Detroit Lions. But he did not – he wasn't uh, one of those players for the – he's the only player from the, from the Steelers' 2013 draft that's still in the NFL. He played last year. Then in 2012, that was an interesting one. How about four? Steelers had four, four draft picks in the seventh round. They had Tony Clemens, David Paulson, Terrence Frederick, and Kelvin Beecham. Kelvin Beecham, still in the league. Kelvin Beecham, yeah, he was the Steelers' starting left tackle for a while. Um, he played as a rookie. Uh, let's see, who's who's the other one? Uh, Tony Clemens, he did not play for the Steelers his rookie year. He played with Jacksonville. Terrence Frederick, he played with the Giants, but David Paulson did play with the Steelers. So that's two for each. So once again, we're sitting there right around a pretty even split if the seventh-round draft picks have worked out. So that's that might be better than other rounds. Um, Baron Batch, he did play for the Steelers, but – was that in his rookie year? Yeah, that was in his rookie year of 2011, I do believe. Um, but at, you know what? He doesn't count. He didn't play for the Steelers until 2012. He was drafted in 2011, but he did not play until 2012. So he does not get to count as someone who worked out for this reason, although I would argue that maybe he he could have. Uh, 2010, Doug Worthington, that, that was a no. Um, he he ended up playing two years later for Washington, so that one doesn't count. Uh, we're about we're 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 zipping through this. Two thousand nine, AQ Shipley and David Johnson. David Johnson was a yes. AQ Shipley not with the Steelers, but he had a pretty nice NFL career with one hundred and ten games. There was no seventh round pick in two thousand eight. In two thousand seven, it was wide receiver Dallas Baker. And he did not play with the Steelers as a rookie. He appeared in eight games in his second season. So he, kind of like Baron Batch, I'm going to put them in a separate category uh, that they played with the Steelers, but it wasn't their very first year. Um, 2006, Cedric Humes didn't play in the NFL. 2005, there was two for the Steelers. Sean Nua didn't play in the NFL. Um, Noah Heron, he played but I'm trying to to figure out he did not – you know what? Technically, he counts to the good because, because he played a couple games with the Steelers and then the, in his rookie year ended up with Green Bay and then finished out everything uh, with Green Bay. Uh, 2004, it was um, Eric Taylor, not with the Steelers and not that year. Uh, 2003, T.J. Wall did not play with the with the Steelers, uh, or didn't play with anybody in the NFL. We're almost there. 2002, um, LeVar Glover, he did not play with the Steelers. He played with the Cincinnati Bengals. But that's when you've got the big one. That's when you've got Brett Kiesel. That's where you've got 156 games played with the Steelers, their best seventh-round draft pick that I can think of um, – in a very, very long time. Uh, 2001 was wide receiver Chris Taylor. He did not play in the NFL. And last but not least, in 2000, the Steelers did not have a seventh-round pick. So if you're talking about it, I have that the Steelers had 11 players 
that uh, that played for them as rookies and that they had 17 that did not and two that played for them but not their first year. It, was, it wasn't until their second season. So if you think about that for seventh-round picks, that's pretty good. I mean, 11 seventh-round picks over the last 22 drafts, I mean, you're basically – Think about that. That's every other seventh round, every other year that you you would have a seventh round pick that panned out. Now, some years you have multiple seventh round picks, other years you do not. But if you look at it and say every other year the Steelers have a seventh round pick that at least contributes a little bit for the team right away, I, I think that's pretty solid. Finding those guys at the very end of the draft that that you could. That, that you could do something with, even if it's just on the rookie deal, even if it's just for a couple of seasons before then, you know, some, someone else comes in and, and, and takes their job. That, that's fairly significant. So, wow, I talked about a lot of numbers and a lot of different things tonight. Well, I say tonight because I'm recording this late on Tuesday night. So, or Tuesday night, sorry, Wednesday night. I don't even know what day it is because I'm still, I'm still kind of on a on a on a roll with all this stuff Steelers wise with the news with the with the roster on Tuesday and the practice squad Wednesday and wait you know who was claimed off waivers and various rumors of who's going where with with practice squads. It's just been a whirlwind. It really has. But uh hey we are one week away from meaningful NFL football. We are a week and a half away from the Pittsburgh Steelers having their first regular season game. It's exciting. Make sure you check out Steel Curtain Network. Make sure you get in the Fans First Network uh, contest, contest.fansfirstsports.com for the four free free tickets to week one game. And get in that Survivor Contest. Make sure you get it. Check out SteelCurtain.com for all your Steelers needs. Hey, we'll be. I'll be back tonight with the Steelers preview with uh, Jeff Hartman and Brian Anthony Davis. We've got our regular lineup rolling through. And as I always say to finish these out, thanks for geeking out.